I think one of the things I, I greatly miss uh, after praise and prayer is all the kids running downstairs for children's church, just that pitter-patter, the stomping, and, and having that time to uh, shake one another's hand and encourage one another. And then, you know, do there are restrictions. We can't do that, but I encourage you to, to not give up fellowshipping with one another. Last week, Pastor Allen started a, a new series such a great salvation. And his message was on the sin problem that we have. The sin problem that none of us can get away from. We're born into sin. And we can't escape it on our own. This week, Pastor Allen is away, obviously. And so we'll be taking a detour from that series for this week. And then Pastor Allen will continue it next week. I wonder if you've ever watched sports. For those of you who like sports, if you watch a sports team that's just had an amazing game, they've worked together just perfectly. They executed all their plays. They each player is doing the position that they were called to do, and as a result, they they usually win when that happens. They also are exciting to watch. They're like. That was a great play. That was awesome. They're just working so well together. It's an amazing thing to see when you see a team that's going to actually work together. On the other side, the opposite side of the spectrum, maybe you've seen a team that can't play together for the life of them. They continually fight among themselves. They're on a team but they don't act like they're on the same team. They don't play together. They're too busy fighting themselves or playing for themselves. They're just trying to do their own thing. They're doing what they want rather than what's the greater good for the whole team. Overall, you know, that team might win the the competition that they're in, but generally they don't. And overall... They're just unattractive to watch. You just don't want to cheer for that team anymore when you see them bickering and and backbiting like that. Unity is so important in team sports. As we sang, as reminded when we sing one of those songs, it's about lifting each other's burdens. You know, even you see in team sports, in a, a a good team where there's one player lacking, another player comes up beside him and helps him succeed where he's lacking. But this is even more true in the body of Christ. The body, the church. Today's message is entitled, Let's Stand Together. And I'll be going through John chapter 17, Verses 20 to 26. So you want to open up your Bibles. I won't ha- it won't be on the screen. So John 20, sorry, John 17, 20 to 26. Leading up to this passage, Jesus has been praying. First, he prays for himself. Then he prays for his disciples that they would have the strength, the courage to face what they would be encountering next. Then 
He prays for those who would believe one day. And that's us. Jesus prayed for us. That's really significant, I believe. So let's stand together. John 17, verses 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That is, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you you are in me and I in you, may they also believe be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that know that you have sent me. I have made made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that you that the love you have have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Let's stand together. There's a call for unity, an amazing call for unity here. So what is unity? Well, first, unity is not uniformity. We're not all called to look the same as believers. We're just not. God's made us each individually different people, and we don't need to look the same. It would look kind of funny if we were looked all the same out here. We all look a little different. We understand things slightly different. Uh, Scripture compares us to a body. And each of us are a different part of the body. Can you imagine if we were all kneecaps? That would be kind of useless, wouldn't it? So God doesn't want us to be all the same. He wants us to be unique how he created us to be. And be used in the body how he designed us to be. Jesus prayed, prayed that his followers will be one just as he and the Father are one. Jesus' desire is for us to be one, together. It's an amazing privilege to be here in the, the church today, that we can worship together as God's people, that we even have people online that are joining us online that are we're worshiping together as God's people, one church As he calls us to be one, I don't actually believe that this is against denominations. We sit here this morning in a church, a local church, that happens to be a Baptist church. But we're part of a larger body. 
There's believers around the world right now, all over the, the world, that follow Christ. And we're part of a larger church. We call that the universal church. The universal church is made up of all sorts of believers from all sorts of backgrounds and it extends to countries around the world and languages that we don't even know. And we are called to love and to work together. We're not called to look down on some or argue theology with others, though I think it's very important to know what you believe about God. We don't need to have arguments about it. Do you feel that you're superior over some other believers because of your moral stat, your status that you have, or their social class? Do you know that? Do you know? Excuse me. Do you know more than some, and therefore e- evaluate yourself on a higher level because you're of your educational standards? Or can you love everyone? the same equally same playing field since being here at Trochu Baptist I have always found this church to be a very loving community amazingly loving and I've had friends who have come here uh, when I first came here actually my cousins had come to hear me preach when I candidated and my cousins left saying if we, they lived in Calgary, and they said, if we lived in this area, we would come to this church. We just felt so loved. No one knew who they were. They didn't know they were related to me at all, but they were, felt so loved But when they came here. They're totally strangers. But you know what? It's so easy to get distracted from, from that as we see things that don't line up to what we think they should be. Are people wearing clothes that they don't think are right for church? Or doing actions that they don't think are appropriate? We need to just seek to love them no matter what. Encouraging them. Building them up. Helping them grow. There's so many things in the Word of God that we are called to do that there's no time to look down or judge other believers. We can stand together for the cause of Christ. Seeing other believers as co-equal heirs of Christ. Co-equal heirs of Christ. It's at this point we are truly able to worship with one another, with other believers. Praising our God for who He is. At this, at, at this point, when we look at one another in the eyes rather than looking down on them or having to look up at others, that God receives the most praise. That's unity. In that song we, talked, we sang, it says, bearing each other's burdens. When we see someone stumbling and falling, we come along and help them walk along, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, Help them, not even not judging them because they've fallen, but helping them walk and being their uh, encouragement, being a support, being their crutch, whatever it takes. That's the body of Christ. That's unity. 
But why unity? Why should we be unified? Well, I want to read verses 23 to 26 again for you. Jesus says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those things you have given me to be... Sorry, excuse me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and you will continue to make you, you I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have given have for me may be in them and that I may be in them. So why is the unity of believers so important? Well, we were never called to do this on our own or march to the beat of our own drum. We are called to share the gospel and be the light of Christ. You know what? Our very actions for ourselves, each one of you, they reflect the character of God to others. I'm going to read Matthew 5.16 for you. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But what happens if they don't see your good deeds? What if they see your wicked deeds? Your backbiting, your gossiping, your lying, your cheating. All of a sudden, as you represent our God in heaven... You're image bearers of him. And you reflect the character of him. It's a high calling and responsibility that we have. A few weeks ago, Pastor Allen shared how we are called to, to love fellow believers. You know, we're called to love everyone, right? God, the two greatest commandments, to love God and, and love others. But, we're called to love fellow believers. And that's how the world sees that we are disciples of Christ. John 13, 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. A new commandment? How is this new? He says, love one another as I have loved you. So you, uh, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus is talking to his disciples there. And he's calling them, encouraging them to love each other in that group. I call you today to love each other in this church, 
to encourage each other as the day, each day you get up, it's like, how can I encourage someone? Before the service, I seen someone just walk up to someone new and ask them who they were and just, it just was such a blessing to see that. Others will know that we are Christians by the way we love fellow believers. I feel that our church is very loving. And I know that many people have visited here, as I mentioned before, have left feeling loved and included. This being said, where can we improve? Are there people who come into our church and leave without even being acknowledged? May it never be. But there's a bigger issue here. Our unity is in conjunction with the world coming to know Jesus. You know what? There's no cliques in the kingdom of God. I, I know it's so easy to just find a friend group that you like. You're like, I like being with these group of friends and, you know, I just fit with them and that's all there is to it. And that's wonderful. But don't exclude everybody else. You're missing out on so much when we just form a clique and just stay in that little clique. Or, you know, like young and old, we divide, make these divisions and we miss out on so much learning from an older generation or from the younger generation. We don't want to miss out on what God has that we want to come together as a body, a body of believers that God's got, brought you here to worship God and to be an example to the rest of Troshu of who God is and his great salvation. The unity of believers causes an unbelieving world to take issue with Jesus. When we're not unified, they take issue with that. Oh, have you seen that church? Or that church, you know, they, they think they're so great and they're, they're complaining about everybody else. Or they, that church, they just fight among themselves. And I'm not saying that's, that's us, but I'm saying that's so easy to be. Sometimes it's easy to be complacent, get comfortable where we are, and all of a sudden we're, we've lost track of where we're going, what we're, what we're here for. At this point, I need to take a step back and share... What I'm about to share is not directed at you. Although, maybe the Holy Spirit is going to take it and direct it at you. Do you know anyone who does not know Jesus? I really hope that's not true. I hope that all of you know non-Christians. Because our job is to be salt and light. And if, we're not, if we don't know non-Christians, how do we share that glorious news? Think about your friend who doesn't know Jesus. Doesn't know, them, doesn't know Jesus yet, I should say. Do you know that they're facing a Christless eternity? That's not popular to say. But when we die without knowing Jesus, we're removed from God. God can't be with sin. not pleasant to think about it all. 
And I know many of us don't even want to think about that. But we know sin has consequences. And that God is holy and just and cannot be in the presence of sin. But we have good news. Jesus died to pay the price for our sins. That we can be reconciled with God. As Pastor Al preached, the, the problem of sin, it, the problem of sin has a, a solution. The solution is Jesus. But back to our friends and loved ones who don't know Jesus yet. What if those those friends, those loved ones, what if they would come to know Jesus as a result of seeing a church come together? And being unified in love. A body of believers that didn't fight among themselves or attack other churches. That they could see Jesus is worthy enough to, the church would see that Jesus was worthy enough not to gossip about other believers or rejoice in the evil when you see believers fall down. Jesus' prayer for us is huge. Not only for us, but for the church through the ages. His prayer that would be that we would be one. That we wouldn't see our our church, Trochi Baptist, better than you know a church in Three Hills or the church down the road. But we would just be dedicated to learning the word and growing in love and sharing the gospel. That his bride could be one. That the world would know. So great a salvation. It may seem like a heavy calling, and perhaps it is, but it's an amazing privilege to bear the name of Christ. This morning is communion. It's a time to reflect on the sacrifice that our Lord Jesus made. It's a time to stop and confess and repent. It's a time to, to go to other believers and ask their forgiveness for the way we've thought of them, so for the way we've talked about them, and the way we've treated them. And maybe you need time to, to, to do that this morning. Maybe there's someone behind you and you're like, we need to talk after the service. Or maybe after the service, after the worship team comes up and, and closes, you need to just be aligned to that person and, and talk to them. Don't leave it. Don't wait another day to get things right. Let us be the Lord's spotless bride. Jesus paid too high of a price that we would choose to live in sin and do our things our way instead of his way. Let us be a light to this community that people would come in and say, hey, I know it's a church. It's different. I want to be part of this. Or what, what's, what's causing you guys to be different? I want to know that. As we move into communion, I want to just encourage you just to just get to stop and pause and just just let you take a moment just to reflect 
Just let, listen to the Holy Spirit. Is there places that you need to repent of or change or people you need to go talk to? So just, let's take a moment of quietness. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for you, that fact that you pray for us. You, you still pray for us, I know. You prayed that we would be one. Not just to, to look good, but to, that we would be a sweet fragrance to those around us and that the world would come to know you. They would understand who you are and they would be able to have that sweet, sweet relationship with you. God, I pray that if there's um, those of, uh, among us, and me included, as you've convicted my heart as we've gone, you've um, put this message in my heart that there's people in our lives that we need to go make things right with. There's things that, are, are, that we've thought and we need just to get those right. There's actions that we've done, we just need to cut them out and go forward and be your spotless bride. We just thank you Going now, we as we enter into this time of communion, as we remember what you've done for us on the cross, we just want to give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. In First Corinthians, chapter eleven, verses twenty-three to thirty-four, we are reminded about communion. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone who ought to examine himself before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if you were among discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in, in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. 
Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you you meet together, you will not this will not happen as a result. And when I come, I will give further directions. It always helps to pre-pull these things back, as I heard many of you. The Lord Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it. This is a reminder of Jesus' body being broken for us. A gift that's really available to all of us, to anyone. There's no one that the gift of Jesus isn't available to. It's such an amazing gift. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that even though we were yet sinners, you died for us. Your body bore our sins upon the cross, broken. And though you didn't deserve that punishment that you, you were given, you did it for us. We thank you for that. And we just take the bread now in remembrance of what you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake. Then Jesus took the wine and he blessed it. His disciples had no clue what was coming. Yet all of their sins would be forgiven from the actions that Jesus took, the shedding of his blood. This is a reminder of Jesus' blood shed for all. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay you the price for our sins, a gift that we could never pay back but we can choose to live for you. And God, we just want to thank you for this. Amen. Let's partake. I'm just going to close in prayer and ask the worship team to join me on stage as I pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Yeah, thank you that you've brought us together as a church. And you've given us opportunity to, to praise you as a church, to be your body, to be your hands and feet in this community. I thank you for what you've done on the cross, Jesus. And that we know we, have, we hold such great a salvation that we can't keep quiet about it. We want the world to know. And so would you allow us to let our actions represent you? Help us daily to to say no to ourselves and yes to you. God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We just, I just ask for my brothers and sisters as we go out that we would praise you with our lips, with our life. We give this to you, God. Thank you. Thank you for your great salvation for us. In Jesus' name, amen.